With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Winning time, episode 7, Invisible Man is over, but we're just getting started. My name is Grace, I'm here with my co-hosts, the not invisible, the very visible, Jason, how you doing? I guess we're on a podcast, you're not, you're not visible to them, but stepping on my intro. Hi, Jason. I may I may not be physically visible, but I'm in your ears. So it's true. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, another yeah, episode Grace. done. Seven episodes. Seven episodes through the show. Yeah, into the home stretch. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying. It seems like the show has maybe taken on this uh, this plot driven uh, thing that we they started last week, and maybe they're just riding that until the end. Yeah, perhaps the first half was like establish the characters, and the second half is like all plot. That could that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've been watched the most basketball we've watched on the show so far. For sure, like for all of you, all of you, and all and us included, complaining yes. that we didn't get any basketball. I, I hope you're getting your fill now. So much basketball. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought a very good, another very strong episode. Uh, I thought with uh, this like looming. I mean, again, it's you know, kudos to a show that I think can create tension and drama out of a thing that like many of us are watching knows won't happen <laughs> right uh, yeah i mean a lot of yeah. people know the outcome but it's interesting I, I saw a few people on the discord saying that you know even though they knew the the outcome it was still nerve-wracking yeah. and you know I, I would definitely agree i would say that this is definitely in the upper echelon of episodes although i do like the road to you know training camp you know i think it's still probably my top episode 
Mm-hmm. This one's probably is probably in second, I think, if I had to really yeah. rank them. Uh this is an episode filled. This is, I feel like, the most uh, creative liberty the show has taken. Um, yeah. With an episode, um, but I'm like, cool, fine. This is this is fun. I'm not again. I'm not watching this for like historical accuracy. Uh, so I thought uh, a really fun story. This idea, like, uh, there's so much tension built up to this one specific game. Um, like, you know, Paul is basically coaching this game for Jack so that Jack won't you know, get fired, will be able to make a comeback. Uh, they're also going to uh, the Boston Garden where Jerry Buss has like had a little bit of a feud with Red. So fun to like sort of go and they set up uh, Boston Garden as this like, you know, this holy site, this like place that's like so tough to play in. Um, and uh, they're like losing. So they're the underdogs. I thought just like a very fun premise and setup to this episode. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of historical inaccuracies, and I was reading up on it a little bit after the episode. But I think the things they changed, the things they did, really will fit inside the structure of a TV show. Agreed. So you know, yeah. you know, we'll, we can talk about it as we get there, like some of the differences. But yeah, it's a uh, definitely they they were able to ratchet up the tension. I like how they they're ratcheting things up on Paul because Paul is not only fighting for Jack's job; he's now put Pat Riley in a position where he's fighting for Pat's <laughs> job. So. So Paul's got a lot riding on him, which, you know, and he strikes us as a person that, you know, does not do well with a lot of pressure. Yeah, he has put a lot of pressure on uh, I mean, not, I guess, not on himself. Like uh, Jack falling on his bike and ending up in the hospital is not Paul's uh, Paul's fault. Uh, although, yeah, potentially looping in Pat Riley before you might get, <laughs> yeah. get fired. Uh, definitely could be considered Paul's fault. But I really, I really like, I thought, uh, I thought this is a, a very much, uh, uh, a coming out episode for um, Adrian Brody is Pat Riley in a sense after uh, he got sort of his own flashbacky centric episode. This is a this was a very uh, I thought interesting Pat Riley episode. I thought this was I thought this was really fun. Yeah, a transformation in many ways, uh, probably a little uh, spiritually and physically, uh, getting rid of the mustache mid episode. Right. I know I was trying to I was coming out and then I was trying to figure out if I could get like a shaving pun in there. I, I can't think of anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that I thought there's some really good stuff. You know, the homecoming of sorts uh, of magic heading back to uh, Michigan, and we have fa- uh, you know Christmas Christmas dinner, a Christmas lunch um, at the the Johnson household, and uh, I thought some really great great scenes uh they're looping figuring i think the, sh- the thing that the show is doing really well which again i've talked a lot about how like the cast list is huge the amount of, of people that they are trying to like fit into even you know an hour-long hbo show on sunday night is a lot it's a lot uh of, of people and i think they're doing a pretty good job i can't think of the top of my head if i'm like feel like they're sort of underutilizing anybody in particular because like the way that jack is still a key figure in the story even though like i kind of thought that like he's gonna crash on his bike and then that's it that's the end of jack McKin- no he's like totally involved here uh jerry west uh someone as well uh you know once they move away from from detroit i was like yeah we might not see a ton of uh senior but we get a lot of senior in this episode so i, I think they're like utilizing their their pretty ginormous cast pretty well yeah 100 you know they sometimes give characters the week off like we saw no genie bus this week it's true. Um, so you know, it, it's it's a good, it's a good way to balance out every everyone in this cast while still putting the main emphasis on Jerry Buss and to Magic Johnson, but they mm-hmm. still have a whole orbit of other secondary characters they have to um, they have to really service. Uh, Kareem is a highlight this week for me, mm-hmm. especially his uh, his conversation with uh, Magic's dad. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, it's it's the show does very well to serve all of their secondary characters. I think. 
I lied. I'd like more Claire. But other than that, um, yes, uh, I think it's, sure. uh, it's pretty good. But I kind of feel like Claire was set up so much at the beginning that I do feel like a late season Claire thing has to be coming. But, you know, I'll eat my words, uh, you know, three weeks from now if I'm totally wrong. But I, I feel like that's potentially coming. But you we'll know, maybe it's a season two thing. True. Uh, should we jump into it? Should we jump into the episode? Invisible Man. All right, so we uh, we open on uh, Jerry Buss. He's talking right to the camera. He's talking about uh, his childhood, uh, that uh, his mom used to teach him every game. Uh, they learn how to play blackjack, all sorts of different things. But eventually, he learned how to play Monopoly. Uh, and the best thing about Monopoly is that it involves luck. No matter how good you are, you get knocked down a peg. And uh, they've had a few bad cards. I, I love this Um Again, this like the stylistic choice here to have uh, these different characters be reading like basically Monopoly cards of like fall off my bike and end up in a coma. <laughs> yeah. Reading it, um, and uh, we find out that it's not uh, Alzheimer's. Jesse has uh, has cancer uh, and it's causing strokes. Um, but uh, Bus says, you know, the thing about luck is that it cuts both ways. If you hold on long enough, eventually it goes your way. Point is, I'm effing do. So we open the episode. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, that's kind of Jerry Buss's mantra, how he's gone through his life. Like, eventually, this is gonna get better, right? <laughs> you know, it's, he's uh, you know, he's he's kind of taking those chances all the time, saying that you know, I may be down now, but it's it's gonna get better because it has to, right? Yeah. Are you a casino goer, uh, Jason? Go, I'm not. I've, I've never gone to a casino. I went once, uh, maybe twice, uh, but I went on my uh, my 19th birthday and was old enough to go. And it immediately just like scared the crap out of me because there are these people who will sit at the like slot machine all day and then they'll be like, they'll lose a ton of money. And then they'll be like, they'll ask the casino, like, can you please, like, I need to go eat or sleep or whatever. And can you please like save this slot machine for me? Because there is like a winner in it. Like I can feel it because it's giving me so much bad luck that eventually it has to pay out. And it just scared the crap. I was like, I don't that's not me that's not me i'm like the rationale does not work on that one and i think like that totally scared me off because he knows for forever but i feel like that's very much dr bus here like yeah uh close down the slot machine please i need to go eat and i'll be back for when i myself can put you know you don't want the next person to come i you know i don't want to walk away and then you sit at the slot machine then the winner comes it's terrible. law of probabilities right i mean at that's some right. point it's got it's got to pay out yeah. I've been sitting here for 13 hours, but it's got to come at some point. <laughs> well, you're effing due, uh, a la Jerry Buss. Uh, so we get a we get a scene of Paul coaching the team. He's really struggling. He's like uh, yeah. he's like wants to call a timeout. Uh, Pat Riley from the booth is like, can you get a word down to him that like he has no timeouts left? Like uh, Pat's coaching from the the broadcast studio, and uh, he goes, okay, call it like Cooper foul him. And so Cooper fouls him, and it turns out that that was his sixth foul of the game. So he uh, Cooper is out of the game. He's like, I want you to stay in. And uh, we get a little scene here where they need a substitute. Looks like it might be Haywood, and he says, no, uh, not, not going to be Haywood. This is a very interesting sequence of events. The uh, the whole the sixth foul thing reminds me of, a, you know, for all you football fans out there recently, within the last couple of seasons, I think, Tom Brady at one point did not know what down he was in. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that, that, that reminded me of that. Like, I don't even know where I am right now. But uh, after last, you know, last episode, uh, seeing Paul seemingly be confident enough to lead the team, and then we get this turn, like right in the next episode, we're like, "Oh no, he still has no idea what he's doing." He's looked like he's about to have a nervous breakdown in the middle of a game. Uh, it was a it was a interesting uh, interesting turn. I do like, uh, you know, s- silent MVP of this episode is the player that you may like. We've heard the name, but Landsberger, 
Landsberger. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, Paul, instead of having Haywood comes in, he's like, Landsberger. He's like, wait, me? (laughs) Like, you want me to go in? He's a European guy, right? This has always been in the, been in the background of some of these scenes. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a laughing stock of the of the team right now. I do wonder how much. Um, so they've had very consistent uh, writers on this show. So um, uh, basically, Rodney Barnes and Max Bornstein have written pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, every episode, ex- Rodney Barnes was not the writer for episode uh, one. But he's been uh, he's credited for every episode other than that. And so I was wondering, like when you said that, like, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like last week we get we kind of said like, oh, I want the show. I want the show. Don't tell moment of like Paul gaining some confidence, which I think we definitely get at the end of this episode. But I forgot that we kind of like get it last episode. Um, And so I don't know. This is a different director. Um, They're kind of letting folks direct in pairs. So Tanya Hamilton has been the director for the last two episodes. And then this is Payman Benz is directing these two episodes. Yeah, but it does feel like a little bit of like a a reset here at the beginning of this episode, um, which is interesting. Yeah. And then we get, you know, Paul, but, you know, kind of shutting Haywood out, which uh, we kind of find out later is not, you know, maybe was not so much of a basketball decision as he told Haywood last episode. Which is also interesting. On and then and then also in this scene, like Paul is just so frazzled that Magic and Norm had basically call their own play. They're just like, you good yeah. coach, like you, you just yeah. go sit over on the bench. We yeah. got this. Um, yeah, that's interesting too, because I assumed I do think there is more Haywood content coming. Folks can Google yeah. that at their leisure if they would if they would like, because uh, there is some stuff that will happen with Haywood. But it's almost by the end of this episode, uh he I don't know. He's bad. He's, he, he's in the game again. So it's like, it, it, I guess it's, it's not fully resolved by any means. Um, but also it's, I don't know. It's just, uh, like if you're going to change stuff, I think for the sake of a, a better story, I, I mean, again, the story is not complete here with Haywood. Um, but it does feel like the story they're telling is like, he's sitting out and last week he gets invited to go hang out. Uh, we don't follow up on that at all this episode. And by the end of the episode, Haywood's in the game and actually like playing rather well. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so they're chatting the, the upper echelon bus, uh, Bill and Jerry West are chatting about, uh, uh, Paul, uh, they've been losing. They, they, they end up, uh, losing some games. No, they win this game, I believe. Um, uh, but, but they're, they're still barely, sort of yeah. struggling, but they, they barely win against a team that they should have, they, like, yeah. they should have beat. They, they lose against in this, in this episode, they lose against teams. They should have beat about three times. Yes. So, you know, Bill says he's win this one. Yeah, Bill saying he's still getting his sea legs, and uh, Wes says the the guys are coaching themselves, which we did see at the at the end of the last game. They uh, Paul calls a timeout, uh, or, or he doesn't even have a timeout. Anyway, they call the play. Uh, they're deciding whether to cut Paul or keep him, basically, and they're not sure when Jack will be back. The the doctor says potentially the All Star break he could be come back, and Wes throws out this idea that they should hire Eldon Baylor, who is a former uh, Lakers star um, and was not available at the beginning of the season, but he is not a coach at the moment. Um, but the issue is that they'd have to f- commit to have to signing him for a full you know, the rest of the year, uh, therefore meaning like, even if Jack was healthy enough to come back, uh, he would not be the coach of the Lakers for this season. So yeah, this, uh, the debate, the drama of, uh, who's going to coach the Lakers here. Yeah. In this, in this particular scene, uh, you know, Jerry West gets a, gets a MVP point here. He, he says a few different things. He says, uh, you know, I may not, you know, you can't teach a, he says of like uh, Paul, you can't teach a pig how to paint. Uh, <laughs> they ask Wes why he cares so much. He's like, you know, I, I, I still care. I mean, I may not, you know, 
Yeah, just like, not, shouldn't you I'm be not pushing? Helen Keller. Yeah. I can see what's oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Like, I so I, I care. I can see what's happening. I'm not Helen yes. Keller. So yeah, Jerry was definitely having some uh, some good moments here. That now it seems as I was doing some research after the show uh, that you know Elgin Baylor was never considered to be a head coach candidate, but. Some people have said that they did want to try and get him to be an assistant, um, like uh, Pat Riley will be in this episode. But West right. had insisted on Pat Riley being the, the assistant in real life, kind of like here. Interesting. Um, I don't mind. Again, I don't mind this, like uh, setting some drama in the episode that, like, again, we know that, like, Elgin is not coming in to coach this team. Yeah. But I do think it's, like, interesting. I think the West stuff here is really good. He's a guy who goes absolutely to bat for Jack McKinney. And I don't think it speaks poorly to his character. Like Jack is in the hospital. They don't know when he's coming back. Uh, but Wes is so committed to the Lakers winning. You, you know, he's a guy who quit not because he was upset and frustrated. He was upset and frustrated, but not um, not in the way that like sometimes, you know, you burn a bridge when, you, when you're ready to leave and be, be totally gone. He's a guy who's saying like, yeah, I don't know if Paul's the right guy here to like, you know, get a, basically the idea here is like, if you start losing, there's no coming. Even if Jack comes, you, they're going to be such on the on the back foot that it's it's never going to work, and they need to like set themselves up. So West being the the voice of let's hire a different coach. Uh, Paul's not right. Yeah, I do like the continued theme of uh, at at moments in different episodes, like like Jerry, what are you still even doing here? Like, yes. <laughs> why are you here? Uh huh. He wants the Lakers to win, even if he's not the coach. You know. Uh, I and I love. I, was it uh, last? It was last episode. He's like, "You want the job?" And he's like, "No way, man!" Like, no, <laughs> no, hell no. Like you see, Jerry like is such a, in a better place. You know, he's sure. he's you know he doesn't have the pressure on him, so he's like seems to be more free and more yeah. like you know. But he still wants the team to win, so he's going to help any way he can. Yeah. Uh. So uh, we cut to the hospital where Jack is trying to tie his shoes. Uh, Cranny's trying to help him, but he's getting pretty frustrated. Uh, she leaves. She takes a break. Um, and Bus comes in. And, um, you know, Jack's like, she just needs a break for me. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're okay. I'm okay. Uh, and uh, they talk about the, the previous night's game in which uh, the Lakers won, but just barely against a team they should have beaten pretty easily. And uh, Bus says they're going to get, they're going to blow it if they're out coached uh, every game. And Jack says, I need you to bet on me. I'm coming back. And uh, Jack asks Bus to let Paul coach through uh, a tough stretch. Just like uh, a tough stretch. They're going to play a couple teams that should be pretty easy to beat, but then they're going to finish uh, with the Celtics. And if they, if they win and Paul can prove that, that he can, at least coach a team that could you know, they could beat you know the Celtics their biggest rival then he can mind the store until Jack gets back um, seems to be the agreement uh, that Jack wants to put in place yeah Jack's uh, journey is interesting throughout this episode he can't tie his shoe but nope. he can play Monopoly a little later <laughs> yeah yeah uh, notice fittingly he's uh, he he picks the shoe as his uh, yeah. as his uh, his uh, Monopoly what's your Monopoly what's your go to Monopoly piece you even play Monopoly. Yeah, I'm the thimble. That's that's you're the name. thimble. Yeah. I do like the top bus picking the top hat. I do like the top hat. Everybody loves the top hat. I'm an, I, I go thimble. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Jack. Uh, yeah, can't tie his shoes, but uh, thinks he can come back at some point. They're not, you know, the the idea that he could be back by the All Star break. They this uh, these set of games are the end of the year. One of them being even on Christmas Day. Uh, the All Star break around February March, I believe. I don't know if in '79 it would have been the same. So it's Jack's kind of saying, give him a month and a half and then I'll be back. Um, not that long, not that long of a time, you know? Um, Magic's watching some highlights uh, of 
no, sorry. Uh, Jack talks to to Paul. They're talking on the phone. Sorry, and uh, tells him that Jerry West is circling the wagons. He's uh, he's he's advocating for coaching change, and Jack says he'll be back, but not unless Paul can keep it together for him. And this is where we get this great scene between Paul and Pat. I really love the dynamic between the two of them. Uh, yeah, Paul great. asks, "Can you can we make it more official?" Pat says, "I'm I'm married." Uh, and Paul's like, "I'm flailing here. I need someone next to me." Uh, what happens when? And so that Pat does ask, "What happens when Jack gets back?" And Paul says, "Don't worry. I promise. Like Jack will keep you on. Don't worry about that." So, yeah, Pat's uh, Pat seems to be both like ready to like maybe this this whole announcer thing wasn't like his dream that he thought it was going to be. Yeah, Pro- probably mostly because Chick is uh, constantly shutting him up. But uh, it seems like he's ready to to get back into the the game the game of things. Because I mean, he's even trying to like he's even taking it upon himself to from the announcer booth like give secret tips to to Paul. So he's tr- just itching to probably get back on the sideline. I, I I think it's really interesting here that it's not Pat who is bringing it up or pushing for it. I mean, partially here, they're, um, they're, he says this twice in this episode. Pat says, like, well, what happens if Jack comes back? I, you, I can't wander the beach again, you know, basically. I can't be looking for pickup basketball games to get my fix, you know? Um, okay, I'm, I'm running out of garages to destroy. <laughs> very true. Uh, my wife is much happier if I'm at the at the here uh, calling games. I do think it's interesting, you know, it feels like uh, even if Jack comes back, yeah, certainly Pat's a little bit out of it for perhaps half of a season, uh, but it feels like, you know, get your foot in the door. But I guess he's not even sure that he's, you know, policy is more of, um, you know, opportunity in terms of Pat being a great coach more so than like Pat ever sees uh, uh, in himself. It's not really until he's uh, on the court in the, in the game we'll see where uh, he really like finds his groove in terms of like being a coach. So. Yeah, and Paul's just been looking for someone to just back him up. Like the whole time he's he's been doing this, he's like constantly asking Jerry West, like, "You want to help? Like, yeah. I need somebody, anybody." He needs like, a noble prince. He's yeah. the hapless king at the moment. He's a prince. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this is where we see Magic is watching some highlights, uh, and they're talking about how Bird is the better player. Uh, you know, they're talking about like you know Magic uh, was good, but but here's Bird. Look, here's some highlights of Bird. And uh, then Magic sort of watches the interview um, after he won the national championship. So, uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, Jack talks to Bus about you know, okay, let let Paul coach through to the Celtics game. Let's put it all on the Celtics game. That if the Lakers can win, Paul can win. Then uh, you should trust that you know in the process that Jack has built. So very clearly setting up Magic versus Bird, part two, I guess, but in the show part one. But yeah, I thought the uh, the the tape of the college game was interesting, uh, as you see like Magic like hugged up on Cookie. You know, yeah. it was an interesting interesting portrait of their time together before all the uh, all the fame and the NBA. And then you get a shot of Bird like. Obviously, in Magic's like you know, at Magic's mind, yes, saying he's going to torch his smiley ass in Boston. <laughs> uh, but but you know, Magic turns to us and says, uh, "You wish, you know, MF or so." It's uh, you know, more of the stylistic uh, choices that we see in this show, uh, breaking the fourth wall, you know, Adam McKay type of style thing. Uh, so very, I, I like the devices like that. Uh, I know some people are tired of the Adam McKayness of everything, but I like it. I liked it too. I thought it was fun. Uh, we get Magic talking to the the camera again. He's taking the she's taking the Magic show on the road, and it gets stopped by these reporters who are asking, you know, like Bird's going to be like the rookie of the year, right? And uh, Magic says, like, he's getting really frustrated with all these like questions about uh, Larry Bird and 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 uh, the Celtics. And he said, hey, the last time you know we were up against each other, like Bird took me too light, and 
you're all doing the same thing. And uh, Kareem stops the interview. Uh, basically, you know, magic sort of going off, going in his own direction you know, of sort of uh, not being probably giving the responses that uh, the team or his, his uh, other players would like. Uh, and uh, magic immediately is like, yeah, I have to, right? Like giving, yeah. the, giving the reporters that, like that's all going to be in the headlines. So uh, yeah, Kareem stepping in uh, to sort of settle down magic Johnson. Yeah, the magic that we see, like, in this moment, like, you can, as the episode progresses, you can see magic getting more and more frustrated. And, you know, he's had this this uh, personality so far. I was just really smiling, happy, upbeat guy. But you can see where it's really wearing on him now. And it'll just, it'll get to a point later in the episode where he just had a, a, more than enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's it's this interesting progression he's going to go through in this episode. E- even the magic who, like, gets frustrated like this is blowing his temper he's like he's pretty cool about it you know but it's just like it's just not really you know the way athletes i guess you know are supposed to uh to to talk or whatever right uh supposed to hold back um so i guess pat has told chick he's not going to be uh he's not going to be uh, calling the games he says yeah your true calling is hurting cats anyway uh west so that they're on the they're on the plane they're heading on a road trip uh, and Jerry West sneaks on the plane. He's like, yeah, I think you missed me. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to need to do some scouting for the road trip. Yeah, this was fantastic. You know, just seeing West try to, you know, smuggle his way onto the plane. And, and you can see, I think Riley just from, from moment one knows what's going on. He's like, oh, uh, this is not good. No, uh, bad sign for the, the West to be, uh, to be on the plane. Uh, he does ask Paul, he's like, why is Jerry West here? Like, are we do, is this, doing some scouting? We're doing some personnel changes. And uh, Paul does say, like, you know, if we lose this one to Indiana, like, yeah, there might be some personnel changes. So uh, so this is really the only Claire scene we get in the episode. But she uh, comes in and she's explaining that this is kind of convoluted to watch it again. But basically, um, they can save money, basically, because they can write off the cost of the team because they already write off the fact that the player's salaries, but they're also considered assets and he can write off the cost of, of what he bought the team for because without the players, there's no assets. And Jerry is Jerry and Frank are both like, no, no, there's no way that's legal. There's like, it's definitely legal. I don't know why, but it's definitely legal. So saving some yeah. money. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I had to really focus on this scene and I'm not sure I still got it afterwards, but basically they're, you know, saying the value of the players, you know, makes the value of the team. So if they make, you know, a, a long run that makes a team more valuable. So I, I, I think the way it's, I think there, there already must be something. It must be some law in 79 that says you can, so basically you just write up, right? So the amount of, it's more about how much I assume, I presume how much tax you're going to pay. Uh, so the idea here that like uh, they already are able, it sounds like to write off the, the tax cost of all the players salary. Then you can also take the value of all their salaries and match that to the, the the value of the team. It sounds like he probably doesn't have to pay tax on what he bought the team for, which seems very, very convoluted. But basically, it's a good sign. And if they can make a long run, you know, the, 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 the recently the MLB expanded playoffs. And the reason why, like, a lot of people are upset about that, but the, basically the whole thing is, like, more playoffs means you get, like, more TV time, more ad revenue, you get more ticket sales, like, all of this stuff. Like, the longer you can have the run, I mean, it seems pretty simple, but the longer run you can have, the more money you'll make uh and the better your team is the more people are coming to the you know the forum so they just need to have a good run and they can basically uh they're not you know they'll they'll be sitting pretty pretty so 
Yeah, that's right. You know, all your financial gurus out there, you can explain a little better to us after yeah. the episode. But uh, I, yeah. tell me how wrong I just was in my explanation. Yeah. yeah, basically, you know, the the further the team gets into the into the season, the better off they'll be because the more valuable they'll be. Because, like you said, with the all the uh, ad revenue and all that, will will make the team more valuable. I think that makes sense. This whole assets thing, though, really just seems to be in there to be like, wow, Claire's pretty smart, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, even these like guys who you probably presume know every tax loophole in the book, uh, they're kind of like, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit like pulling money out from wherever. Uh, didn't even know that they could do this. And Claire comes in and gives them the, the one-on-one. Uh, we cut to the first game on the road trip. They hit to Indiana. They lose uh, to the Lakers or they lose, sorry, to the Pacers. Uh, after the game, they're heading out uh, back onto the, the bus. A girl flashes magic uh, and uh, <laughs> it wants to sign it, but they have Larry Bird's name on them already. Uh, which is hilarious. She's just in Indiana and just a huge Celtics fan. <laughs> really like yeah, I mean, bus. that's hilarious. Yeah, we couldn't get through one episode of this show without a pair of breasts. So uh, they, got, they got it in there. <laughs> Very true. interesting. So yeah, even even that close to, to you know, to Boston, like not not even that close. There are still people. I, I, I feel it's interesting. We haven't seen much of that up until this point, where we've had some talk of Larry Bird, but this this episode really ramped it up. Maybe because the game is getting closer, um, that's why it's getting you know more ramped up and more people are talking about it in the in the in the show itself. Also, to be fair, like uh, they talk about how like not successful the NBA is at this uh, time period, and and we also like are never at basketball games, so it's yeah. like never like we never like sure. are seeing fans. Um, Haywood's talking to the the press, it seems, and he's saying, like, if I was playing, we'd be better. And uh, uh, Pat and Paul have this conversation, and Paul says, no, like, you know, I could go over there and talk to him, but it's all my fault. Like, I overheard the conversation. I took it personally, and I benched him. And uh, Pat's basically telling him, like, just go talk to him. Just, like, treat them, treat the players like grown adults, like, and then it'll all be fine. Um, so Pat giving giving Paul the advice, even though Pat is the assistant coach here. Yeah, I love Haywood going to the press like, yeah, why don't you go ask the nutty professor over there? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, you know, like like I said earlier, uh, Paul pretty much admitting that he was like, you know, kind of childish by just benching Haywood only because he heard him talking crap about him, you know, in an earlier episode. I thought at, at the time I was like, okay, he's benching Haywood definitely or maybe for a basketball reason, like he said, maybe because Haywood is an older player and maybe not as fast as the younger guys on the team. But uh, no, it seemed he really benched him for for that petty kind of petty reason. Yeah, I mean the other the piece of this one too is like Pat and Paul have this conversation about like uh, I'll start Cooper, no start Haywood, uh, whatever, and then he I guess he ends up benching him, right? So it's not yeah. like this whole like uh, that, I guess that conversation previously is not the, the total indicator of like uh, his thing with Haywood, but um, yeah, this this kind of like I don't know the comes out of nowhere. again I'm, I'm not totally feeling the haywood storyline at the moment um mm -hmm. not not because of haywood i just think it's like a little clumsy but we'll see three more episodes uh so we cut uh, back to the hospital bus is playing monopoly although it does seem like uh, jesse is is sleeping and bus and jack are both reading the paper about the loss the night before and bus goes to visit jack uh we do find out that like 
Jesse starts sleeping as soon as he starts losing at Monopoly. Listen, that's it's that's a good strategy for Monopoly. I hadn't thought of that. I you know I'm just gonna pretend to fall asleep when I'm re- losing really badly. Well, I have another Monopoly. So there was one time I was I was playing Monopoly and we were playing the new version where it was like with credit cards and whatever. And somebody got bored and they were like, "Let's just call it a game." And whoever has the most money at the moment wins. I was that's like, how, "No." I feel, I feel like it's how most Monopoly games end. <laughs> like I think in my time playing Monopoly, I played what maybe twenty games over my many yeah. years of life. Life, and but maybe Jason, two had, of them have I been had completed. I had properties. I that's worth money. They're like, nope, it's whatever's in your bank account. And we ended the game, and I did not win, even though I had them. I had spent all my money on property. Anyway. I mean, you've also done that thing where we're like, take a picture of the board, and we're like, yeah. all right, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll take this up this tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. and then we never do it. Sits on the table for like another two days. Like, you know what? Let's just clean it up. We're not going to continue. My this favorite. Thing. I I we had a long going risk game where uh, uh, we would slide it at camp. We would slide it under one somebody's bunk bed, and then we'd come back later. But sometimes it was like, I don't think you had that many armies in, <laughs> in like Australia, gym, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, so Jack and uh, Jack always said they talk about like uh, he's. I always thought it would slow down, but it never seems to slow down. And a bus makes a joke. He's like, I think this is it. <laughs> you bring the yeah. hospitals like slow down. This is a vacation, buddy. And uh, Jack challenges bus to a game of Monopoly. I'm upset we didn't get like more of the game. Like I thought we would get something of the game. Yeah, they're not going to give us basketball. They should give us the Monopoly game. Uh, even just like uh, they're like do the like uh, video package highlight, like quick cuts. Uh, you could have seen some of them. Two player yeah, Monopoly yeah. though does not sound terribly exciting. I have to say. God, that would take like what twenty hours. Or yeah, something? yeah. Uh, so we cut to Cookie is uh, listen, uh, listening in on the TV, and uh, she starts to imagine sort of the anchor talking about her because it's this new segment about magic, and uh, her friend. I believe her name is Rhonda sitting there. She says, uh, when you get a diamond ring, I would also like one. It's a finder's fee. And uh, Cookie says she doesn't need a ring. She has this man wrapped around her finger. This is very interestingly confident for Cookie. I don't think we've ever seen this up until now. And also, uh, you know, Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. Ooh, Rhonda. Tisk. Uh, we'll find out later about Rhonda. Well, yeah, Cookie being very, like, like confident here was very interesting to me. Like, and... She, I think she called out correctly. I've got him right there on my finger, but you know, she doesn't really know the extent of all of magic, what he's been doing while he's been away, but she yeah. has an idea, I think. Yeah, I agree because I feel like she often like is so confident with he- like him. Like she knows how to sort of like stand up to him and sort of like, you know, he- she can see through his BS a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, and actually I quite like this, um, this version of cookie that she's quite, she's, she's, pretty much just as confident um uh you know when she's not with magic as well there's a little scene at the end of last episode right where dr day gives her the tickets and she's like yeah tell him i'll think about it like she hesitates a little bit she's like, i'll think about it and he's like okay like whatever so i kind of like that uh she is she is pretty confident uh, i feel like that would be pretty tropey for her to be like i don't know if you really you know if she really likes me i i, I love this version of cookie so yeah, this is good. That you know, Cookie. This whole episode was a was a highlight. But you know, Cookie, on most of the episodes she's been on, she's been a highlight here. I would agree. Um, you know, Rhonda does tell her she, you know, that they know that magic has had always had a wandering eye, and uh, she comments that his eye, his wandering eyes, probably fell out of his head by now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, Cookie being being this this person, I I really enjoy the character Cookie so far, and this is another uh, highlight here. 
Yeah. So Magic is back in Michigan. He's in this like uh, room. He's signing autographs. People are like surrounding him. And I, I love the way this this is shot, where he is so happy that like you know people are happy to see him. And then he looks up and his like his like smile like even it gets bigger when he sees Cookie. Like so happy to see uh, Cookie. Uh, Doctor Day is there saying you know hey Buick uh, you know we, we got to figure out this Buick deal. And um, Magic said, well you know my dad really wanted to look it over. And Dr. Day's like, yeah, but there's not really any time for that. And so he goes, okay, sure. Like, you know, let's do it. And uh, this is this girl, like this Bond girl is there. And she's like, you know, I hear magic, like picks a girl out of the stands at every game. Like, you should have wore a brighter color. <laughs> this is Robin. So like, she... You should have wore a disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, this was a, that was an interesting like moment in the episode. I was like, oh, okay. I looked kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know it's to make cookie like, think twice about uh re-pursuing things with magic uh it was a fun little little back and forth uh you know we talked like a way earlier in the season about magic's business choices and how we yes. like we said you know oh good he's not taking his you know his family up on that uh that shaved ice stand yes. but it looks like you know it looks like dr day is probably going to be a little more unscrupulous than uh than we then maybe we suspected at first maybe getting magic some bad business deals right in this uh, in this moment, maybe this is what Magic needs to learn to be a better businessman. Uh, yeah, he burns by he gets burned by this Doctor Day person who is not a real person in real. Yeah, life. I I feel like this is um a little bit of like what they were doing with um although you know different a totally different sort of uh, set of uh, vices I guess if you will. Uh, we talked I talked last week about like I was like yeah you know he he did like that guy who uh, came up to him at the movie premiere. I was like hey you want to like um there is a little bit of and and this is what uh, uh Richard Pryor is saying last week. You know like uh you need to watch out for these people who like you know. Uh, he said, "Like we're not used to being this famous, but like the, all these other people, they are ready for you to be famous. They're ready to like leech onto you, you know, yeah. uh, get your money. And that's basically like what ends up happening. Uh, you know, his dad is worried about with Doctor Day. So I, I do think I, I wonder how much they'll make magic." look to be a good businessman or whether this is like uh, he falls into this trap and has to like learn from this lesson like who how does he end up figuring it i do think dr day isn't here to be like uh not a good guy and not on the right side <laughs> not gonna be with magic long term i would imagine yeah i was also surprised at how much dr day we got in this episode i don't know that i was expecting to see him much uh you know much more especially in the episode right after the last one he was so so heavily featured but you know yeah. it's it's interesting for sure yeah, uh, we see Pat uh, in the hotel bathroom. He is, uh, he, no, uh, he's in, a, I think in the diner bathroom and he's like trying to hype himself up. He's calling himself Coach Riley, your Coach Riley. And uh, West uh, looms over Paul's shoulder. He looks oh, at the game plan um, and uh, West is saying, yeah, I'm here to make sure we have the personnel we need to make a run. And uh, Paul says they're going to turn it around. Uh, Pat arrives, uh, tells Paul, you know, don't sweat it. Uh, Wes is a busy body and Detroit's the pit of the, the pits of the league. They've got it. Yeah. So West, uh, West again, still in the spotlight. He like, he walks up to, he walks up on Paul. Like before he gets to what he's like under his way, he's like, what is this MF for up to? Like, <laughs> and then tells Landsberger to lay off the fries while he's, while yes. he's walking away. So definitely, you know, again, uh, Jerry West, we've been gotten in small doses, like after like the second episode, uh, but it's very effective every time he's on screen. Yeah, Jason Clark really killing it in this role. Uh, yes. He's been tremendous. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, 
Detroit, the pits of the league. They're the last place team in the league. They've got it. Narrator Q, they do not have it. Yeah. <laughs> they lose. Uh, and uh, Paul's lying down in the background. I love this line from Patty. He says, who watches basketball on Christmas anyway? Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Pat's such a good, uh, I mean, he's assistant coach. I was going to call him a wingman. He's literally the assistant coach. He's a very good assistant coach. Uh, and uh, says, you know, what? You know, whatever. We got beat by the worst team. In, no, this is uh, Paul saying, we got beat by the worst team in the league. And Pat's like, well, they're not the worst team in the league anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us now. Yeah. So Pat says, don't worry, we'll produce a diamond in Boston. And Paul's like, well, what's going to change between then and now? And Pat gives him uh, some advice. He says, you know, this is Jack's team and you're Jack's guy. So we'll be okay. Yeah. Like Pat's kind of like, you know, at this moment in the episode, Pat's like, yeah, we'll get him. We'll be okay. But, you know, by the next game, it's like, no, we got to get this, this, this crack yeah. together because uh, <laughs> things are falling apart rather quickly. Cause especially after the scene, the next scene that we get with Pat and Paul, where uh, Pat finds out some information. But yeah, he's still kind of like, yeah, it'll be okay. It's fine. And then the next time it's going to be uh, a little further down the road. Yeah. Uh, I love, I, I, I really, I'm really loving, uh, uh, Adrian Brody again here, uh, and Jason Siegel too. But I think, in particular, the Pat Riley character is, is has been really strong. Yeah, I mean, Jason Siegel's kind of doing his Jason Siegel thing, which yep. is which is uh, which is good. Uh, yep. But yeah, Adrian Brody is is playing uh, playing all the the beats here rather well. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick beat and uh, take a quick commercial break, and we come back. We'll chat through the rest of the episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it's a 
Christmas dinner, Christmas lunch, whatever at the uh, at the Johnson household. Uh, I love I love this little moment with his mom. And uh, it's like that game was a lesson in humility, like all the fancy passing and all that stuff not going to work. And like you weren't even you were watching the game. And it turns out that uh, Magic's mom listens to pretty much every game on the radio. Uh, yeah, tune in. Yeah, mom, mom, so much a cookie, you know, has to kind of always keep Magic's ego in check yep. and make sure that he knows, you know, you're not all this hot stuff you need to keep your you need to keep your ego down you need to keep your you know your showboating to a limit and you know she also doesn't want him to know that like you know she's what she's listening yeah. like dad buster like oh yeah she listens to the to the game of the radio all the time he's like oh well my listen to somewhere don't make a big deal out of it so nice uh and uh so uh, seniors asking, asking, uh, Irving saying like, you know, this Buick deal, like, I don't know, quality of Buick kind of falling off and uh, magic reveals he's already signed off on it. And, uh, Dr. Day shows up jet right on cue and, uh, uh, senior, uh, tells magic, you know, like, I- I'm kind of worried about Dr. Day's influence. There's a lot of people in your ear and not many of them family. Oh, uh, this meeting between Dr. Day and, and dad Ooh. was, uh, was quite something. Uh, you know, dad says, you know, you know, how's your daughter? Dr. Day says, well, she's blessed. And dad says, yeah, blessed on her on knees. her knees. Wow. Oh my god. Hot stuff. Like dad, I didn't know that you had that in you, my guy. Senior. Like, like senior, senior, what are you what are you doing? That's that's quite the line. I, I yeah, that's brutal. Blessed on her knees. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah. So pretty tense between Dr. Day and uh senior, and uh he's trying to tell magic, you know. Got to look out. Similar advice that he got from literally Richard Pryor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, the team uh, sitting on the couch. Uh, Norm is talking about. He's like, he's got the Celtics, Boston Garden. It's brutal in there. You trip over the air. The ball sticks to the ground. And they talk about this little leprechaun uh, <laughs> that you can hear giggling, uh, laughing at you, shouting some words that I shall not repeat. On this yeah. The, the Norm Nixon line here was was pure like perfection, and it was like. I don't know how many takes that took, but it was really good. You know, take that uh, N word. He says uh, that the lepre- then it has the you know the leprechaun, the Boston Celtics leprechaun, kind of popping in and out of frame uh, in a, as an animated character. Uh, definitely a, a a fun moment here. And he talks about how you know he talks about Bill Russell, the one of the Boston Celtics, and how they used to to take a crap. They someone took a crap in his bed once, which I found that was actually a real thing that happened. Yes, uh, I, I think we might have read the same like fact checking or probably like, this yeah. one's in here, huh? Like all right, yeah. Even yeah. though Bill Russell was on the on the Celtics at the time and he was playing for the team for the city, they you know they was still that racially like you know divided that he, someone broke into his house, vandalized his house, and took a crap on his bed. Yeah, wild. Uh, so yeah, fun scene here. Again, uh, Norm is one of the people I think you know, and the kind of the uh, supporting cast of the of the Lakers. Certainly, people who you know, if I if I after Claire and, and Jeannie, maybe if I picked other people who are a little bit probably underutilized, certainly yeah. these uh, these folks. But uh, this is a fun little scene. Um, but I think we cut to probably the best scene in the episode, uh, in my estimation. Uh, this is the Kareem and Senior talk. Um, and uh, Senior's like, I can't believe like my son, my son is playing with the greatest center of all time. Uh, Kareem says, you know, Magic, you know, he's not bad himself. And uh, Kareem starts asking, like, has Magic, has, has he always been this happy? Um, and uh, uh, Senior has this great, he's like, only since his first breath. Like, the baby, the doctor smacked him, he turned around, he's all smiles. And um, 
Kareem isn't accustomed to you know a black man being so happy all the time. Uh, America does things to a man's mind that aren't happy, but magic is unaffected by all of it. And uh, you know, Senior wishes he knew how too. Uh, Irvin says it, it feels like he is. He, sometimes he isn't speaking the same like language as his kid, but maybe that's a blessing. And uh, Kareem says, you know, if he gets out of line, I'll whip his ass. <laughs> they shake on it, so. Yeah, what'd you think of this this uh this scene, Jason? Yeah, this is a fantastic scene, probably a top five scene of the series, I would say. Like yeah. it's, it's interesting how you know senior compares, you know, his life to Magic's life. And you know, maybe it's a note of like, you know, we don't necessarily have to necessarily have to pass down the traumas, you know, of our life to our kids' life as life has gotten a little better since seniors' day. But things are obviously not as great as they could be. But magic smiles through it all. Magic acts like, you know, it's not you know, not that it's not happening, but it doesn't really affect him. And Kareem, I think Kareem also sees a little bit more of where magic comes from and sees, you know, the, the stock he comes from. And, you know, at that moment, he says, well, I'm going to take magic more into my wing even than I was because I see that his father's a good man and, you know, and wants me to look out for him. This is, I think, a great follow-up to the Haywood-Kareem combo where yeah. they're talking about all the stuff that they, like, they went through hell. And sometimes it's hard to look at the fact that it's easier for the people who came after you. Like, Hey, what I think specifically says, I'm angry. Sometimes I'm angry at those guys. Cause they like, they all don't have to go through the same thing that I had to go through. Like, why did it have to be tough for me? And it's not tough for them, you know? Um, and yeah, it's about the next generation, not having it as, as worse as the, as the older generation. Yeah. You know, it's another one of those, you know, type of things. Yeah. And this scene is, it's so good. And it's yeah. Cream. And um, I mean, and, the show does not shy away from like uh, when when Irvin's talking, Irvin Senior's talking about like what he went through because Kareem asked him at one point. He's like, uh, like you know, uh, did, did, he, did you like what did you grow up like? And he's like, yeah, I grew up in like the South, and they show like literally like uh, like lynchings, um, yeah. and it's really powerful. It's just, like you just see this man sitting at the table, like you know, and uh, you know that's what he experienced. You know, saw it as a kid. Uh, it's it's super super powerful, uh, super powerful powerful scene here yep uh you know and at the end of this we get uh we get ronda coming in yep and, no cookie uh, though no cookie. no cookie ronda does have a look in her eye and i was like hmm, what's going I on i didn't ronda? catch it at, i didn't catch it at all uh, i caught that yeah. i caught it at the moment i was like oh, yeah okay ronda i'm gonna watch no, you biggest plot twist of the show so far for me <laughs> i did not see it uh so yeah ronda's at the party um so uh, Pat tells Paul, Pat's giving Paul sort of uh, a speech about what it's like to play in Boston Gardens. Says, you're not just playing against the guys on the floor. You're playing against the crowd, the city, and the refs. Um, and Pat, yeah, this is where Pat has shaved his mustache. He looks pretty good. Uh, and uh, this is where Elgin Baylor calls Pat's room. It seems like he, he, he meant to call probably Jerry West and he gets the wrong room. He's saying, you know, my flight got delayed, uh, I'll, you know, but I'll be there in Boston. And uh, he, he's going to come and he's going to send Pat back to uh, back up into the booth with Chick. And Pat is not happy. He comes in. He's like yelling at Paul. He's like, when did you know? Um, and Paul sort of like breaks down here. He's like admits that he knew. Uh, it's just like they're going to take it all away from Jack because of Paul. Paul's uh, he's like uh, he, Paul ends up giving sort of Pat a little bit of a pep talk, although in a uh, spectacular Paul fashion, <laughs> the most like inspiring thing. But he's like, you're not an announcer. You're a coach. And Pat says, "No, I'm your nanny." And uh, yeah. he shoves him in the shower, turns on the uh, uh, on the, uh, the the faucet, and he's telling him, "Like, tell me, tell me you want to be the coach. Uh, t tell him to stand up and keep his job. That's his wake up call. Answer it." Uh, 
Um, yeah, both men kind of come to a breaking point here. Uh, you know, Paul's pretty much at his lowest. He's not even at this point. It doesn't even sound like he's like that even interested in coaching team. He just wants to like sleep. And he's just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And then Pat has to like slap sense into him, basically. Yeah, uh, I find like I find it interesting. Like now at this point, we have three like former L.A. Lakers looking like you know who have either coached a team or are looking to coach a team right now. And, yep. and in, in Elgin Baylor, we have another one. And I think all three guys may have even played on the same team together: uh, Elgin, uh, Jerry West, and Pat Riley. I don't know what I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, I just found that to be interesting. Like recruiting tool like hey you used to play for us why don't you come coach us like yeah like yeah uh paul was never paul only played college basketball right he never played uh yeah not yeah. paul but pat uh no pat, no i pat i was Elgin. trying to, i was wondering whether there was a fourth but uh, uh yeah. i was i was almost correcting myself even though i didn't say it. he he was just uh yeah he was just a college uh, player uh yeah three yeah <laughs> he's just find the yeah. old players yeah uh, elgin here played by orlando jones another great actor who's probably maybe one and done here i don't i don't think we'll i don't think we'll see him again but uh kind of a a big actor to kind of waste on a, a like less than five less than three minute appearance here yeah i'm not sure if he's going to be in anymore either uh i would not be I opposed but i, I don't think so it just feels like another person to cram into the story doesn't really make sense. And from what I understand, I don't think he's like a part of the you know, future of the team. So uh, I don't think we'll see more of, uh, of Orlando Jones. Um, yeah. So I, I love that scene as well. Uh, we do get a scene. Cookie goes to see magic uh, at the, uh, at the hotel room. And uh, she says she was watching magic at the game. And she's like, everybody just circles you. Like everybody orbits around you. Like you're, you're the sun. Everybody or everybody like revolves around you. And she just doesn't know where she fits in and all that. And magic says like right here with me, like you're my girl. And uh, she says, yeah, but when the bus leaves, like then what? She wants to know what she means to him. She's his girl. She's family. Uh, they kiss. Uh, she then does leave and surprise. Rhonda's in the room. When they when they flash like the the uh, bathroom door, I was like, "Oh no! Don't tell me! Don't tell me!" And yes, it was Rhonda. I was like, "Oh, Rhonda, no!" You forfeit so, your finder's fee, Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, we, as Magic is talking to Cookie here, and we're and we all know, like as as viewers, what Magic has been doing in L.A. Like he hasn't yeah. been exactly like saving himself for Cookie in L.A. So it's just like you're 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 my family. You're my girl. Like, yeah, where was the sentiment, you know, in L.A. as you were doing things with uh, Cindy and with many other women, it seemed like. I got to say, I mean, boy, I'm not really that surprised after all these episodes that, that Matt, the real Magic Josh was like, nah, I don't think I. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they have not gone. I, like, I think there's more to come in terms of like, uh, like I love the stuff early on that was like magic and his dad. And, and again, like a lot of the stuff that we just saw in the cream and, uh, and, and urban senior scene where, um, you know, he's talking about like, you know, I magic's like, uh, you know, haggling over, you know, his bonus fee. And he's like, come on, like, you, you know, and he does say like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to play basketball and I'll still love you or whatever. But uh, oh, more of that, but yeah, boy, it's not been a super great look. For Magic no, not at all. I mean, it's, it's not hard to see like why the Lakers as a entity, like kind of disavow the show. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh and magic as well. Like you said, it's uh, not paying in the greatest light. Magic probably saw that coming, which, uh, you know, 
he's he probably also knows about the you know he's probably read the book that's based on this this show so he probably saw what was coming and was like no i don't think so yeah uh so the lakers arrive at the airport they're getting heckled even at the airport this is great uh west bus and bill all arrive at the game uh in a limousine and uh Bus is like, what the heck? Jack beat me at Monopoly. Like, nobody beats me at Monopoly. He can't even tie his shoe, but he beats me. And, um, but Wes sort of is saying, like, you know, this is the, the shit part of the game, uh, like pulling out the guillotine. And, uh, Wes says the reason they lost all those years uh, against the Celtics is they lost the first one. They never got off on the right foot, they never got away from them, and you can't wash it out. Uh, so Wes basically saying, like, we're gonna have to fire, you know, Paul, you have to get, you know, Bring on Elgin Baylor. Don't worry about Jack. It sucks, but you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, interesting, like, take from Jerry West is he like, you know, you just got to do it. And he's, he's like, he he mentions we. And then Jerry West is like, what do you mean we? Like, once again, saying, like, who, who are like who are you even? Like, why are you even in this limo, basically? I don't know why you're even still here. Um, you know, another some, another great Westism. He's, you know, to begin the scene, he's like, you know, Revere just should have slept in and let Boston burn. <laughs> The West, you know, it just everyone on the Lakers who has ever played for Lakers pretty much hates the Boston Celtics at this point. I love I, the the disdain for the for Boston in this episode is is very strong. Uh, I wonder how many Celtics fans are like <laughs> this show. Uh, I love uh, Bill and Bus get get out. They're gonna they're like okay, we're heading in. Was, no way, I'm staying here. I'm not going. Bus yeah. <laughs> is not going in there. He's probably had enough you know enough traumas in that stadium to last a lifetime. Uh, yeah, uh, I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, the team enters the locker room. Uh, they're seeing all this like uh, stuff. Uh, it's you know it's a bit of a horror story, and they hear the leprechaun uh, giggling. Uh, this is a great little callback. Uh, enter Larry Bird, uh, holding the Budweiser can, spitting his you know his chewing tobacco into the can. And uh, I talked a lot about uh, labels, the the like uh, the cards on the screen telling you who yeah. everyone is. Uh, Larry Bird gets a very definitive one. It's like you know, <laughs> you know my effing name or whatever. That's uh, great. And uh, they're gonna have a press conference. Is this was this true? I couldn't find anything about a joint press conference. I feel like it's. I don't think you would see that nowadays. Would you see that? Like two I mean, rivals nowadays? have a press conference. There's no way. No, right. no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think we've. I don't think we usually see that. If we have any press conferences, it's always you know one team with their their star players together, but no teams from opposing uh, teams have been together. But I, I would imagine this is a huge moment in time in this season in this year for Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson to to be playing the same game. And you know, we talked a little bit about historical inaccuracies. The first game that uh, that Magic and uh, Bird played against each other in the, in the NBA was actually in L.A. Yes, uh, you know, in in the real time. But I can see why they kind of mushed everything together here in this one episode because we have a limited amount of time to talk about this stuff, and you, we want to get the hostileness of Boston. You want to see that, so like we kind of transpose some things, made this happen. Uh, how did you like I? I've heard of Larry Bird, obviously, but I did not know about, you know, anything about his personality or what kind of person he was. How did you think he was going to be when you first, like, not even seeing him yet this this episode? Like, just uh, hearing about him throughout the series, what did you think he was going to be like when we saw him? I didn't think he was this, um, like, 
almost like Southern hillbilly. <laughs> like, well, you know, I, I didn't um, expect him to be so ornery and mean. Like, yeah. I thought he's going to be kind of like this smiling country Pompous. boy. Yeah. It was thought, like, yeah. you know, Hey, like I thought he'd be a little more like congenial to magic and maybe like magic took the rivalry more seriously than, than Larry did. But it seems like Larry takes it a little more seriously than magic does. Uh, yeah. I, I like, I don't his I think it's definitely like this is a character uh, that's like, you know, uh, heightened a little bit, certainly like uh, his attitude and press conferences. Apparently, like he's he's not quite this like I see as he you know, he's getting asked all these questions and he's given like short one word like, you know, uh, I, I think to sort of oppose magic's personality. Uh, quite a bit especially we'll get a scene with magic and kareem where they'll sort of talk about um how they're both portrayed like even though uh bird is so like kurt um they still love him you know whereas magic is like giving them like everything he thinks they want and, yeah. and they care more about bird so i feel like it's heightened a little bit to like have the difference between the two um but apparently like apparently bird is like a huge trash talker uh yeah. on the court and he would do it like i guess in press conferences you know on the court so yeah i mean he turns to magic and he's like i'm gonna rip you a new hole yeah, like, oh, you know. <laughs> oh my yeah it's pretty intense uh yeah uh yeah this is this is wild uh he leaves and everybody follows larry bird out of the uh out of the room and this is magic talking to cream he's like he only said two words and they love him and this is where we get the title of the episode cream says you know you know the invisible man it's like yeah the movie he's like well it's also a book but that's fine. <laughs> it just shows the total like uh differences between these two men and their like their experiences right. magic's like all about the you know the popcorn of it oh yeah it was a movie like no it's actually just a very influential book that yeah. maybe you should take a look at and read to like kind of change your worldview and maybe trying to like make you think about how things are Magic's like no i just like movies like he's <laughs> like this little kid yeah and uh you know he's you know, he says like it's hard to see you, Magic, when they're uh, blinded by the white man. Uh, Magic, like, but they did see me, like you know, um, whatever. Like you know, Magic, like I know everybody thinks I'm fake, um, and maybe you should just stick to playing ball. And Cream says, yeah, you could go out and like kick his ass, like you can beat him at basketball. Uh, he's like, but they won't, they won't, they won't love you then. They'll, they'll just double down. And uh, Cream says, you know, silence isn't invisibility; it's power. Yeah, I think we haven't seen a lot of magic venting frustration like this in this series. We've seen him mostly be a smiling, congenial guy, but it was interesting to see him vent like this in front of someone else. Uh, you know, we've we've kind of heard it as an audience, but for him to like kind of give up the the stick, as you might say, and, and be real in a moment here was a very good moment here between uh, Magic and Kareem, whereas we see the relationship between them growing a lot in this episode. I, I love this. I, I, I think the, I've talked a, I've, a little bit about how I think sometimes the writing is missing some beats. I think like the, all these little points in this, especially this stuff, I think, I don't know who's like, if somebody's taking the lead on this writing, but you know, even thinking back, like, cause I was thinking, I was like, oh, I really liked the stuff earlier in the show, like magic and senior, but they managed to link magic and seniors conversations into a conversation with Kareem uh and senior and then here you get like i just think it's all so it's it is a really well told uh story that you know i, I just think it's it, it's really well written it's really you know i think it's uh it's really good stuff this is probably i think the strongest stuff on the show yeah these moments the show nails i think it's more about the connecting things in a plot manner that we sometimes miss out on and be like why did he do that exactly and we don't really get the the uh 
the at the what am I trying to say? The the reason for people doing certain things. Yeah. But in these emotional moments here, this is where the show shines. Yeah. And this is where the show does its best work. I totally agree. So I I can I can I can sacrifice some like uh, why does this person do this for these type of moments, which are you know are really great. I totally agree. Like this is this is it's really good stuff. Um, so Paul is going over the game plan. He's uh, giving the, uh, the 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 game plan before the the game with the Celtics. Is every time Bird touches the ball, trap. And uh, there's sort of like some giggling, there's some laughing at this plan. Like uh, you know, they're talking about like, well, who you know, why don't we just like Magic saying like basically like, give me Bird, I want to cover Bird. Uh, and they're saying like, you know, I love that Paul's like, you know, that is the go-to attitude I want. But that's not the game plan. <laughs> yeah. Let's stick with the plan, gentlemen. Stick with the plan. Yeah. In the words of Keith Nail. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, you know, some pushback to to the plan here, uh, to Paul's leadership. It's similar to what we saw at the beginning when uh, Magic and Kareem are sort of calling their own plays. Um, Paul's presenting a game plan that they are not exactly on board with. So, uh, Bus and Bill get their seats. It, it's, it's brutal. They are right at the very back of the stadium. And uh, the like uh, usher is like, this is a gift for Red yeah. <laughs> And he opens it up and it's a vegetable. And the usher says, like your coach. And uh, Auerbach spots bus with a pair of binoculars from the from the floor. Uh, That's really? brutal. That is yeah. a brutal insult. That, you know, the, like, attendant, the attendant played his part well. Yes, uh, he did. Very, very energetic, uh, older guy. I did think the show had a major missed opportunity this episode by not having Red and Bus like directly interact um, again, yeah. especially since their last meeting was so tense. You know, we just kind of get uh, we get Red down courtside and we get Bus all the way up in the seats, and you know they they share glances at each other, but there's no direct contact between them this episode. I wonder if it's so they're kind of like swapping when their first game was. I wonder if it happens back in like I wonder if you put red in the forum with this like the new you know the showtime Lakers. I wonder if you you because like he's in the forum when they have their tense conversation, right? When Jerry Summer rip your heart out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if you get another face-to-face interaction, but in the forum again, um, where sort of you can be like, you can surround Jerry with like his style of basketball, right? Uh, that's not, you know, and what he's sort of, you know, bringing. Whereas this this episode feels like it's, uh, they want the underdog story of like, it looks like the Celtics are going to win. Red's, you know, sitting there smoking his cigar, eating up the, you know, all the should be technicals it should be called or whatever uh but i wonder if we'll get it i think we'll get one more scene uh it's too high profile of an actor playing red yeah. right it's uh chickless right so yep um so the uh the fans are sort of jeering the lakers before the game even starts birds tell him magic to wipe the smile off his face he only only gets bigger uh magic smile and uh there's a sort of they're, they're playing against him and then eventually bird he's getting double teamed and he's just like well just calls his play it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna go left i'm gonna sh- shoot a jumper i'm gonna score and he does exactly that and uh i love all this the, the whole basketball scene you know i feel like uh for as much as i joke about that we haven't gotten a lot uh i thought all of this was really good i think west listening in the limo you have uh, jerry at the at the back all the stuff with the coach, I thought it was all all great. And the the like, West like turns off the game, and the, the limo driver is still listening to it in the front of the seat <laughs> chair on the the Celtics. That was great. And uh, there's a great where the Lakers are upset because they're they're getting they're getting no calls. Like uh, yep. the Celtics are like uh, really like fouling them a, a ton, and they're not getting any calls. I lo- they're all like begging for <laughs> calls in an aggressive manner, and Paul just goes, "Please, 
please. Can yeah. <laughs> you know? I, was, I was like, can, can you just please, please help us out? And the, the, the best thing about these scenes are the interplay between the announce, the between Chick, the announcer mm-hmm. for the Lakers, and the uh, announcer for the Celtics as they go back and forth, going, you know, uh, as Chick is saying, the Lakers aren't getting any calls. And then the, the boss guy's like, the officiating here is just perfect. It's fantastic. Like, they're, yeah. all the right things are happening. That guy was like uh, turned up to eleven. That guy, like yeah. evil commentator. He like he nailed that audition. <laughs> I think. Uh, so Paul eventually takes the timeout. I love that because he he calls everyone in and he's very clearly talking to himself. He's like, "Calm down, take a breath, everybody. Calm down, take a breath." Everybody's <laughs> like, "We are like, calm. What are you talking about?" It's like, yeah. me, me. But uh, they do get on the same page when they uh, put their hands in. And they they're they're saying uh, "f Boston," and the Lakers reclaim some momentum and. Uh, Oh, sorry. I, I I skipped a whole a whole part. Uh, so the Celtics are they're up in the third quarter. Pat's telling him you need to make a sub. Uh, you need to put in Haywood, and um, they get on the court. Haywood uh, gets a little physical, uh, but it's good. It, like Bird gets upset, chucks the ball at Haywood, and uh, a fight breaks out. Yeah, it feels like maybe that's like the whole reason for putting Haywood in is Haywood is a little more physical. He's not necessarily a speed guy, but he will, you know, he'll check somebody. He'll make the picks. Um, that's what they need right now is to find a little more with a little more physicality. Yeah. So Haywood gets a technical after the whole, uh, you know, commotion. And uh, Pat's like livid. And he's like, you know, trying to fire up Paul. It's not really working. So Pat uh, goes off on the ref. Uh, he gets a technical and that does end up firing Paul up. Uh, and uh, they're both chirping uh, at the ref, and uh, Pat ends up getting ejected. Uh, he says, you know, you're up, coach. Yeah, this is a great back and forth, you know, kind of Pat. It seemed like Pat, like, sacrificed himself to kind of get Paul uh, up to where he needed to be because the noble Paul prince? Starts... Noble yeah, prince? exactly. Yeah. Paul starts, and like, Pat's like, wait, no, 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 wait. Let me let me take this bullet, and yeah. I'll, you know, get you fired up so you can continue the game. You go at it, coach, as Pat gets himself, uh, gets himself sent out. Yeah, I love this. I love, and again, I just think that this is a, a great performance from uh, for Pat, who, like we know, will be like you know the coach of the future of the Celtics. So, um, Paul takes a timeout here. Uh, they get on the same page. The Lakers get some momentum, and uh, by the end of uh, sort of near the end of the game, there's 14 seconds left. Lakers are down by one point. Um, Cooper uh, sets up a pick and roll, and he ends up scoring on a layup. The Lakers win. Uh, you see. Uh, Jack sort of uh, listening in, takes a breath. Uh, Wes gets a limo driver with a middle finger. Yeah, uh, that was fantastic. Magic is like listening to the booze. He's sort of listening to the crowd and he nods. He's so happy. He's like, you know, taking it all in. Bird walks off the court. He's pretty mad and uh, bus salutes Red Hour back. Yeah, great, just just great moment at the at the end of the game, just to uh, sum it up. Great like cheering moment at the end of this episode, the end of this, this game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to bus visits uh, Jack in the hospital and he says, you know, big win. And Jack says, yeah, just just barely. And uh, bus here says, you know, if I wait for you and you don't make it back, then I'm stuck with Paul. And that guy, he's not going to win a title. <laughs> Brutal. Nobody thinks very highly of Paul. Uh, he just beat I the mean, Celtics. Would you? <laughs> well, I know. I know. I feel, I don't know. It's so it's yeah, it's so interesting. And uh, Jack admits he's like, no, you're not. And uh, so it looks like Bus is going to leave. Kind of looks like, you know, that might be it for Paul and Jack. But uh, Bus tosses him the shoe, the Monopoly shoe. He says, hey, we're not done. We're not done playing yet, Jack. And uh, the last line of the episode, Bus says, F Boston. Yeah. Yeah. F Boston. I don't know. I've never been to Boston. I 
I don't know. Me neither. Awesome. But I do understand that the like the depiction of the the fans and things going on at the time were very accurate. Yes. Uh, maybe even still a little accurate to this day. Yeah, I feel but, like uh, I feel like it's Philly who gets this reputation these days. For sure, yeah. Philly's the one that you know threw the batteries at Santa Claus uh, yeah. at the football game. But uh, yeah. you know, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, nothing against Boston for me. I've never been there. Never experienced any bad Boston stuff. I'm actually uh, on the show that I covered Married at First Sight. They're in Boston. Seems like a nice place. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh... That's it, episode seven, Invisible Man. I thought a really strong episode with, as you said, uh, in terms of some of the scenes we saw, I think like, you know, top five scenes, some of the best scenes we've seen in the show uh, so far. So I, I think the show's really working. Uh, it, it's great. Uh, I don't have a lot of complaints. Sometimes there's little things missing here and there, but overall, I think it's been a very, very compelling show. Yeah, I'm not sure what show I expected, you know, before this all started. But, uh, you know, it's become a very, very good drama show with uh, spurts of basketball here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying uh, the show and enjoying talking about it with you. And uh, it's been it's been a fun time. Yeah. So uh, three weeks left. Uh, next week's episode is Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. What if we see Michael oh. Jackson this episode? I yeah, I, I haven't seen casting rumors for Michael Jackson, but that does not mean. He's not there. Apparently, like uh, them performing at the forum is like that's how they find Paul. That's Paula Bill's breakout is not really being on the Lakers. It's because she's at the Lakers and she's a Laker girl that she gets spotted by the Jackson. So, uh, I don't, yeah, again, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I guess they had Cosby. Yeah, they had, they had Cosby know. on there, so I don't yeah. think anything's really off limits. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we will be back next week. Uh, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at High from Grace. Uh, lots of stuff here on Post Show Recaps. We just launched our Russian Doll coverage. Russian Doll uh, comes back April 20th. We did uh, a couple episodes at a time recapping season one. Marissa, Ariel, and myself, the sweet birthday babies. And uh, we'll be back every day starting on Wednesday, April 20th with uh, a recap of uh, season two episode, uh, seven episodes in this uh, second season. Very much looking forward to seeing if uh, that show can uh, sustain the momentum it had from season one, because season one was incredible. Um, weekly movie coverage this week we'll have, uh, we have X, uh, the horror movie. I'll be joined by Todd, the librarian, and uh, we should have coverage of everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Jason, have you checked out, have you heard about this movie? It's wild. You should, yeah, I've check not it. seen it. I do want to see it. Uh, oh. it is on my to-do list because I've heard it is fantastic. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. I'm very, very excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, sports over on, uh, Rob is a podcast with the off-speed podcast where you slow down, take a look at different sports stories and different sports, uh, around the world. I'm very excited for what we have coming up this week. And, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're looking at sports scandals with the crime scene duo of Mari and, uh, Sarah this week. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Australian rules, football, uh, Ooh. do some footy. Uh, so yeah, lots of good stuff there. Anything else I'm doing, I will tweet about it at High From Grace. Uh, what about you, Jason? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jayr1085. You can follow along with me and my co-host Asia Welch as we talk about Married at First Sight. Uh, we're on season 14, like I said, in Boston. Uh, we're close to the end of the season, uh, so jump on board. You don't have to watch the show to uh, listen to our podcast coverage. We break it all down for you, so check us out there. Um, this past weekend, I was on Robin and Kivanita podcast playing around the Nicole Horn. Yes. A lot of fun. Uh, great episodes. So make sure you check that out. Uh, maybe one of the top R hat moments of the year. 
uh, on that podcast, courtesy of Sam Moore. Wow. If you know, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can check me out. Anything else coming up, uh, you'll be able to see on my Twitter. Um, so yeah, that is the show for this week. Um, until next week, keep dreaming and keep dribbling. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.